0: You're listening to another episode of The Zag. Iker Soap here, continuing our series featuring NLC alums working in the legal field. So much of courts and justice and law is on our mind these days. wanted to have some NLC alums weigh in on the work they're doing locally to inspire and remind us that there's tons of good progressive folks out there doing important work. Pedro Hernandez is here, 2020 NLC Wisconsin fellow. We'll hear about his work in the state of Wisconsin and what he's uh, up to these days. Thanks for tuning in. Let's get to it. All right, Pedro, what do you feel like people should know about Milwaukee? Uh, That's where you're doing most of your work, it sounds like. What misperceptions do people have that you might want to dispel for them?
1: Well, I think in general for the state of Wisconsin, a lot of people think that it's very rural, which, I mean, compared to the huge metropolitan areas that a lot of our news is focused on, like New York, or right now like in Miami or LA, yeah, it is a lot smaller, but we have some pretty big urban pockets here like Milwaukee, which um, has over roughly around 700,000 people and Milwaukee County has about shy of a million. So there is diversity here in our cities, but uh, yeah, I think that's one of the common perceptions that we have misconceptions, but um, I think um, especially uh, people don't realize how segregated Milwaukee is. It's one of the most segregated cities in the country. And you wouldn't think that um, considering that a lot of the history when we talk about segregation is focused on the South, but the Midwest is highly segregated.
0: And then in terms of your law career, is that something you always knew you wanted to do? Did you take an unusual route to get there? What's What's the story there?
1: I've always been interested in helping my community. I grew up in the inner city of Milwaukee in the south side of Milwaukee, which is predominantly Hispanic and Latino. And seeing my parents go through various different legal troubles and the sense of
0: immigration
1: or trying to start a business or um family members that unfortunately sometimes had run-ins with the law, the law was always a constant presence in our lives, uh, for better or for worse, and I wanted to see more people like myself in the field, because I guess that is one, I guess, perception that people may have of Wisconsin that is correct, is that the legal field is very very white. It is. It does not have many people of color, but there are people of color that are trying to change that and do a lot of great work.
0: And then I know a lot of your, your practice these days is housing related. Is that fighting for renters, renters' rights? Are you helping people avoid evictions? Is it other kind of work related to housing? Give, give folks a scoop there.
1: Sure. So I'm happy to be a part of this uh, community lawyering project at the Legal Aid Society of Milwaukee that's focused primarily in two of the most impacted zip codes, uh, which is 53206 and 53204 in Wisconsin and in Milwaukee. 06 in the predominantly African-American neighborhood and 04, uh, 53204 predominantly Hispanic. I'm in charge of the Hispanic and South Side area, which is increasingly diversifying as well. We have more African-American population each day But my job is to make sure that uh, since I have this constant community presence, uh, trying to make sure that not only do I represent tenants' rights in the sense of avoiding evictions, but hopefully finding long-term solutions so that, you know, they're not constantly being threatened with eviction in the future by a certain landlord, whether that be working with the city attorney's office or with uh, different city, and state government entities to find creative solutions to legal problems as an attorney. So that is partially what I do, but also housing conditions um, and working in consumer protection for the people in the community. Basically, any civil legal matter that they need help with uh, that doesn't involve immigration or criminal law, I will try to help them with so that they can have some sense of security in their neighborhood and hopefully combat some of the pressures that are going on like gentrification. Absolutely.
0: When we get back with Pedro, we'll continue this conversation about the work he's doing in Milwaukee. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Zag. We'll be right back. I had a guest on who does similar work, it sounds like, to you out here in Los Angeles, and he was mentioning one of the biggest challenges, just having representation, period, in in these kind of civil cases, especially as it relates to housing. Is that a trend you see in your neck of the woods as well?
1: Yes. I think uh, some of the talk in the housing law realm in the housing representation realm in the legal field is that trying to push, I guess, for the right to representation, like there is in some areas of the country, such as in New York for tenants, because in the civil realm, people don't have a right to an attorney and just having a lawyer present changes the whole dynamic uh, between a Mm -hmm. tenant and their landlord. Um, A lot of the time, sometimes the decisions that come out are because the tenant just doesn't know how to frame their argument or frame their situation in a way that the judge will validate it or uh, affirm their, you know, their circumstances, so that they could get a positive decision and avoid eviction.
0: Yeah, I think one thing too. I'm curious about. I'm not sure. There's maybe put it this way as a as a question. Like, do you feel like there are appropriate enough penalties for landlords who who mm. often might have the resources for? a high powered attorney or might work for a big, uh, kind of real estate holding company that, that would be very well lawyered up. Um, so it's in their interest cause there isn't much consequence back to them, maybe a small fine or something. Like how, how could you sort of disincentivize through the legal process landlords from, from consistently committing some of the behaviors that we know, uh, really do wrong by tenants.
1: And I mean, these are just my opinions as an individual, not any of the opinions from my organization, <laughs> of course. Um, my opinions as an attorney from what I've seen is that there are very few uh defenses for tenants. I think I don't know if you've heard, Eric, of the uh the book Evicted that came out a few years ago. Um that was centered on Milwaukee and that same year, the legislature in Milwaukee, after it was published, had come out with even more restrictive laws that favored the landlords. And remove some of the defenses we had. So, I guess our biggest one of the biggest weapons that I've had is that, you know, constantly tell, you know, my clients, hey, you have to report these housing conditions to the Department of Neighborhood Services. And I've been playing more of an active role as an intermediary to make sure that all the steps are right because it's those fines, those uh lawsuits between the city and the landlord that have more of an impact than say just stopping an eviction or or suing them a landlord for a security deposit that hasn't been given because it is very difficult in wisconsin um to sue a landlord for the housing conditions that they have their tenants in um you have to find loopholes or creative ways to interpret the law to do that. So it's very difficult right now.
0: Hey, last thing, because you were in the most recent NLC class, in 2020 class, which obviously was a unique one because a little bit of it was in person and the rest was virtual. And we suspect the 2021 Institute will be mostly virtual unless some, some things dramatically change. What advice to folks who will be in that 2021 institute out there for y'all? What advice do you have for them about building connections and building relationships, even though it won't be in the same way that we're used to?
1: So, I mean, for me, this applies to both virtual and in-person. One of the biggest reasons why I joined NLC was to be exposed to people outside my field. And I think that has lent itself to allowing me to pursue creative approaches in my job as an attorney, um, and hopefully as an agent of social change in my community, my biggest advice to them is to put yourself out there as much as you can with each other, with your cohort, meet them where they're at, uh, understand who, where everybody's coming from and learn from each other. Cause we can learn from each other and from our networks and you know, it'll start to change you. Uh, Hopefully they'll also start to change as well. You'll grow together. And at the end of it, uh, you'll come out even better than before, before you even realize it.
0: Well said. Well, listen, thanks so much for the work you're doing. Thanks so much for coming on. And thanks everyone for listening to this episode of The Zag. Make sure to catch all the episodes that we've been dropping, featuring our NLC alums who are working on legal Issues of importance all across the country. Get those all the places you get your podcast. Apple, Google, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher. They're all there. Until next time, we'll catch you soon.